0: Is
1: Croydon, and you are
0: welcome. That was from our Borough of Culture press launch earlier this year. We'll jump back to that in a moment. But before we do, what is this podcast about? What is the Borough of Culture? Back in 2018, Croydon won the bid to be the Mayor's London Borough of Culture 2023. There have been lots of challenges since then, both in the world, but also in Croydon Council. But with the support of the community and a vast range of cultural organisations coming together a year ago as a new cultural steering group for the borough, many obstacles were overcome and our year as Borough of Culture was secured. This is Croydon is the name for Croydon's year as Borough of Culture, which had its first event on the 1st of April, 2023 and will run for a year till March, 2024. The programme launch event from Box Park, which we just heard from, was in mid-March and shared with the world the fabulous year of culture we have ahead. In this podcast from Stanley Arts, we seek to amplify the voices of all the artists, community groups and cultural organisations from across the borough who have come together to make sure our year in the cultural spotlight truly reflects the breadth of Croydon talent. You will hear about the programme, how it was brought together and what you can expect from the year ahead. In this episode, we're going to be hearing from lots of people involved in the Borough of Culture Year. We'll be covering the opening phase of This is Croydon, including footage from the press launch and the opening weekend at Fairfield Halls. We'll be speaking to creators behind the scenes of the programme, from large-scale events and festivals to grassroots events. But first, the Cultural Steering Group Chair, Dan Winder, spoke to Katerina Lorigio, the artistic lead for This Is Croydon, to hear more about what this year has in store.
2: Welcome, Kat. Thank uh, you. <laughs> why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah.
3: So I am Katarina Larigio and I am leading the London Borough of Culture. I'm relatively new in post. The programme itself has been designed and developed by the cultural sector, led by our steering group. So most of the artistic content's in place and my job is really to help people through it to make sure we reach um some of those targets about developing cultural leadership, engaging young people, finding new audiences. I've got a long background in uh, the arts sector. Most recently, I have been working with the FA on the UEFA Women's Euros, running a really fantastic heritage project with former footballers and leading an arts programme to complement the tournament. Lovely.
2: What are the hopes for Borough of Culture?
3: We hope that the London Borough of Culture, this is Croydon, will do much to encourage and nurture our creative sector, which is very rich in Croydon already. We want the whole of London, the the whole of the nation to know that Croydon is this hotbed of talent, that if they come to Croydon, they're going to have a fabulous time, that there's a huge range of choice, and we really want to show that
2: off. So that's our real hope. Could you tell us about some of the highlights of the programme.
3: So the immediate highlights are Oratory of Hope, which is our opening show on April the 1st and 2nd at the Fairfield Halls, inspired by a poem by Sheniko Benjamin, our poet laureate. Really fantastic company led by the London Mozart players and composed by Tarika Reagan, but also including Silverstone, Subrang Arts, Aguda uh, Dance, young people from Riddlesdale Collegiate. So a really fantastic lineup there, not to be missed. We have got Caribbean influences opening on April the 14th at the Museum of Croydon, which is a fantastic collaboration with the National Portrait Gallery. Into May we've got the Commons Festival at Stanley Arts, which is going to be a fantastic festival of dance for people who like to watch it, but people who also like to get up and join in. So there's plenty of opportunities to learn some new moves and have some fun as well as seeing some great dance. And then we move into June when we launch our Music Heritage Trail. We're having a new um, street artwork commission that will be be revealed to the public in June. But also in June we have Tallowa Theatre's new piece recognition which is inspired by the story of Samuel Coleridge Taylor who was a Croydonite or a Croydonian. I don't know what the official word is. But he lived in Croydon and is that's not often known and he was a, a fantastic musician of great standing and was of um, African heritage, his father was African, and obviously he had a very particular experience in Edwardian England as a black composer. So this is a really interesting new piece which has uh, a response from a, a young musician kind of finding her way through, uh, through the worlds inspired by the music of Samuel Coleridge Taylor. So that's on at the Fairfield Halls and really reflects another theme of the borough of culture, which is really exploring our hidden stories and our hidden heritages, which, um, of which Croydon has very many tales to tell.
4: As Croydon's first executive mayor, it's a great privilege to be here today and launch This Is Croydon. As many of you will know, Croydon is London's largest, youngest and greenest borough. Despite the challenges we may face, we have got incredible energy and boundless potential. Croydon is London's best borough and we're going to prove that this year.
0: We're here at the press launch for This Is Croydon at East Croydon Box Park, where our Borough of Culture year is being unveiled. We've seen showcases from upcoming events. The Commons Dance Festival at Stanley Arts, recognition at Tallywa Studios, We've also seen glimpses of Oratorio of Hope by the London Mozart players at Fairfield Halls, the launch event for the year. I'm about to speak to Tom Guthrie, the creative director for the opening weekend, and Fiona Bryce, collaborative composer. Here with me today, I have
5: I'm Tom Guthrie. I'm the creative director of the opening uh, weekend of the Bar of Culture. I'm making sure that it goes smoothly in the evenings and in the afternoon of the 2nd of April, the Sunday afternoon, I'm getting together a a big collection of fantastic performers from all over Croydon to have a a showcase and uh, just making sure that goes smoothly.
0: Fantastic. (laughs) Uh, What can our audience expect from the weekend?
5: Well, I think that's one of the really exciting things is that Fairfield Halls, which is this beautiful early 20th century building that's, that's um, right in the heart of, of Croydon um, and it's, it's, it's kind of national uh, concert hall, really. It's a really exciting building. It's going to be completely opened up and, I, and I get, it's a real opportunity to, to, to make that building kind of come alive a bit. There's a br- brilliant new piece which has been built around a theme written specially for Croydon by the brilliant composer Tarek O'Regan And what's really good about that is that the theme is like a basic starting point for other people to get involved. So there are eight variations, eight different movements based on this theme, involving a huge number of different people and different composers and different groups and and dance and all responding to this idea, which is a theme of hope. And it's called the Oratorio of Hope. It's a a celebration of of everything it is to be living in the amazing borough of Croydon.
6: Um, So my name's Fiona Bryce. in this capacity, I am collaborative composer in association with the London Mozart Players. But I'm a freelance composer, violinist and solo artist. So I wear a few different hats. But Amazing. For, for this is Croydon, yeah. I'm here with London Mozart Players. Awesome.
0: Um, And you're working on the Oratorio of Hope.
6: That's right, yeah. Uh,
0: Could you explain to our audience a little bit about what that is and what that means?
6: Right. Well, so an oratorio is traditionally um, a classical piece that involves vocals, sort of a choir, normally quite a momentous piece, you know, something to mark a special occasion. Um, So Obviously, hope is something that we thought would be appropriate for, you know, the borough and for, well, for the world right now. Um, But the piece is split into eight different movements or eight different segments. And I'm responsible for writing two of those segments. One's collaboration with Sabrang Arts, which is the Indian collective you saw us with here earlier at Box Park. And the second one is with an Afrobeat artist called Silverstone, who we've worked with before with the orchestra. And it went pretty well. So we thought he would be a good person to to bring on board um, for this piece as well you know and there, and other movements involve children's choirs and all sorts of things all, all, all people based in Croydon so
0: oh, fantastic um, and uh, how has it been working with uh, Tariq's pre-written theme
6: It's been cool actually, it's it's an interesting challenge as a composer to sort of take a melody and um, obviously you can't just play the same melody over and over because that would be very boring for an extended piece of music so to find something in it um, that is appropriate for your group of musicians. So for me I took his melody and I worked out uh, which Indian raga or Indian scale would fit with it and then I transposed it into the scale for the Indian musicians and then yeah we had had to start there um and then I took little aspects of the melody and used them as rhythmic cells that could be repeated um which is you know a little bit more common to to Indian classical music as well so yeah it's a really interesting challenge to take take an existing melody and see where you can take it depending on the instruments you've got to write for
0: Cool. How how was that? is that something that's common in the classical world, or is this a complete almost like an R and D, like an exploration of ideas?
6: It's classical. So, in in traditionally in classical music, you would write a theme and variation. That's really common. You know, historically, theme and variation is a is a, a thing that composers do. Um, but yeah, this is a little bit different because. You know, classical composers don't always write for sitar, for tabla, for Bansuri, you know, so I had to do some, some work, had to do some research, but I'm a fan of Indian classical music anyway, so for me it was just a, um, you know, it was a, it was a very pleasant thing to do, to go back and listen to a lot of Indian classical and um, tr- just try to see where the two worlds could overlap.
0: Amazing. What are you excited most about for the launch weekend?
6: Oh, for the launch weekend i'm just excited for people to um to hear the music in the like in the hall you know in fairfield Halls. it's a beautiful venue great uh, it's a great acoustic and um i think it will be the first time that um the indian musicians have had the full backing of the orchestra behind them so it'll be a lot of people on stage and i think that the piece will really come to life with just with the, the sheer numbers of people performing and also we uh, um we didn't have them today but we will have uh indian dancers as well Um, So it's just going to be a sort of a kaleidoscopic (laughs) whirlwind of sound sound and colours, which I'm really, really looking forward to.
0: We're here at Fairfield Halls on the opening night of the Oratorio of Hope. The Oratorio of Hope has been organised by London Mozart players and it's a wonderful atmosphere in the foyer today. The foyer is the busiest. We've seen it in a little while. We've got young people outside all getting their photo taken at a red carpet. We've got people coming in and getting a drink before the show. We've got a disco ball that is glistening in the foyer this evening. You can almost hear it twinkling. We're here with Councillor Andy Stranock. Hi Andy, Hi. how are you feeling about seeing Fairfield Hall so busy? I mean it's quite early days at the moment but I can already feel the different energy here than previous years, so how do you feel about that?
4: Yeah this is what we've been looking forward to for a long time, a full Fairfield Halls. Uh, at Box Park a few weeks ago there was just such a buzz as we launched the whole year and I think that buzz is just going to build through tonight and then onward to the rest of the year
0: hi virginia how are you feeling about this evening do you know anything about what is coming up tonight hi vicky i'm super excited to be here it's really nice to see all the different age groups and the different communities
7: starting to to come in and, and enjoy and you know i think it's going to be a fantastic night and i'm really looking forward to it
0: i'm here with bishop rosemary um, i would love to just check in and see how you're doing this evening you are looking forward to it i'm excited I think it's going to be absolutely fantastic. It feels like, I don't know, but it feels like it's
7: going to be a mix-up, mash-up, just a wonderful celebration of all the cultures
2: that we have in Croydon. So what is there not to be excited about?
0: (laughs) We're here with Flynn from the London Mozart Players, and I'd love to ask you a couple of questions about this evening. Great. Uh, How are you feeling, first of all? Well, uh, excited, definitely. A little bit
3: stressed. It's been a busy, busy day. Uh, We play here about six times a year, but to be honest, we never have anything this big. And to have so many people from all around the borough joining us is is great. I mean, it's, yeah, I I, I can't really explain it until you see it. We've actually flattened the stage. There was no room on the stage. We've had to take out six rows of seats in order to fit everybody in. So there's a lot of people in there.
0: That's awesome. And uh, in terms of this evening, is there anything in particular you're looking forward to or surprising people with?
3: I think the final movement is, uh, which will come right at the end, about ten minutes before the end, is pretty amazing because everybody involved comes back on stage and gets involved. So that's maybe nearly 300 people, uh, either singing or playing or dancing or involved, or involved in some way at the end. So that's probably the most exciting moment. But there's one Silverstone is pretty epic. Um, so you'll, his, I think he's movement five, and he'll be. Yeah, it's it's like nothing we've ever done before, but it's it's pretty exciting.
0: I'm here with Sophie from London Mozart Players, who's a producer of this evening. Um, How are you feeling?
3: I'm excited. It's just so exciting to see all the people,
6: the colours. The rehearsal was really exciting. I think people are in for a treat. We've got haze, we've got lights. We've got orchestra, we've got, actually we've got three different
3: orchestras because we have two different children's orchestras as well and a massive children's choir is going to be brilliant.
0: Oh, fantastic. Do orchestras usually have haze and lights?
3: No. (laughs) (laughs) Good point, Vicky. This is a very (laughs) unusual situation and I think they're excited.
8: Silverstone artist, composer, songwriter, business owner—that's me.
0: He does it all. How was this evening for you, performing?
8: Was great evening. Bar of culture. Being from Croydon, it's all about giving back, but also um, giving to something positive to the people, and just yeah, just being that change you want to see, you know.
0: Were you involved in the creation of that song? Did you compose yeah, that?
8: Pro- so I produced it and composed it, and then also um, Fiona Bryce did the string section on it. So yeah, it was a collaboration and I wrote it in my studio, White House Studios, which is incredible.
5: Um, she, she mentioned that uh, we, when we spoke to her a couple of weeks ago, she said that you'd worked together before yeah. and that they brought you back for one more job. Um, how did they get, what was the first thing you did together and how did that lead? Into
8: um, what they did, what we did together was um, they did string sections on some of my previous records that I put out and we performed them in Croydon in a festival in Croydon. And then after that, um, I guess it, they loved it and it brought me back and we've written something brand new, amazing, motivational, something for the season and something for now and eternity. So, yeah, it was amazing.
0: Uh, but with coach of like, what are your hopes for the fruition of that bid?
8: I mean, my hopes for the bid is that we're able to bring an amazing live scene to Croydon, just places for creatives to do things, you know. And I'm a musician, so I'm talking from the music sense, but, you know, artists, jewellery makers, all different types of creatives, like, we just need more of that, and hopefully Croydon will be able to invest in its young people, because a lot of amazing stuff comes from the South, man.
0: So, I'm here with Mayor Perry, uh, for Croydon uh, at the first event of Borough of Culture. How was the evening for you?
4: Absolutely fantastic, amazing, really enjoyed it. And the, the climax of the This Is Croydon song, now young people singing away, was, was just brilliant.
0: Did you join in in that interactive bit where we were all singing? I'm a terrible singer,
4: so no. <laughs> <laughs> I Don't hummed swear. along.
0: That's the solidarity
4: that we yeah, need. So, yeah, 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 so, but no, great evening, really, really, truly fantastic.
0: And how do you feel about the, the next kind of phase of Borough of Culture? So we've had this launch event, we've got tomorrow, we've got community taking over the space. Um, what are your thoughts
4: on that? Um, I'm just really looking forward to the whole programme, and, and as I said earlier, you know, it's a community-driven, grassroots art. Um, and I think that's a really great thing. Yeah, about like
0: part of the whole Bar of Culture thing is doing stuff for young people. So it would be weird to not talk to young people about what we've just experienced. So, like, um, what's your name, first of all? And what did you think about this evening?
1: My name is Christiana, and I was part of the choir singing. Oh, performer! So I was performing, and I found it really and intact because the choirs were in the the balcony for the first half watching all the others perform and I think it was very powerful and I I enjoyed it because when I was watching other people perform I'm like that's gonna be me in the next half. I do get nervous but then when I start singing it kind of helps with the nerves and it relaxes and along I'm, I'm, I'm with my school so I'm with my friends and people I've known for years. So it was really exciting, and I was quite excited to perform. And I think the songs that the song that we performed was very good because it did kind of represent what Croydon is and what it stands for. And the when the other performer performed, they were very powerful, and we could all hear them. So I think it was very inclusive with that and. All different performers from different styles and different backgrounds all kind of represented what Croydon is and how we all have different opinions and different things to do. So I think that was really intact with what we were trying to deliver with this performance. So how did you find that show? Uh, It was like really fun and exciting and it like showcased what
2: like Croydon is all about.
0: Have you ever seen like classical music live before?
2: I don't think I have, no, this is my first time.
0: And did you enjoy that?
2: Yeah, it was really, yeah, it was really good. Do you think you're
0: going to see classical music again now?
2: Probably I will, yeah, and I'm excited to the next time I
1: will see it.
0: We're here on the Sunday event for the opening weekend of Borough of Culture. The foyer is jam-packed full of lots of different pieces of music, Performances and choirs. We're hearing all sorts of things behind us. The place is bustling with excitement.
7: Hi, my name is Miss Vanity Plays. Um, today I was performing live with members of the LMP Orchestra, um, uh, pianist and uh, vocalist. And like I can say it's the best experience I've had. In fact, there are two pieces that the orchestra played with me. Pieces that I produced and sung them, so they transcribed them to me, and that's what I was playing. So that whole thing, and I haven't studied composing, so the fact that it happened, I'm
8: like, wow, it's just beautiful. Ah,
0: That's so cool! And um, I heard you didn't have a lot of rehearsal as well, but it felt half an hour. Half an hour. Yeah, just
6: today. The orchestra was amazing, people watching was amazing, the
7: event was amazing, just blessed to be here.
1: Whatever i bought just now yeah. is fantastic, absolutely gobsmacked, beautiful. When I was trying to convince my friend, come, because this is your barra, you have to be part of it, you see, trying to sort of, so I'm glad she came. <laughs> and now that she's come, she's going to be involved, I'm sure. I am just hoping that this is going to be again another fantastic year for the whole borough Uh, and
0: you work at Fairfield halls like how has it been seeing it transform like this Uh,
9: it's actually amazing my name's Lloyd by the way I'm front door Uh, I run around do general stuff in the building but from starting here a year and a half ago to now listening to the music around and people coming in I've had so many different uh, like interactions with people when it comes to this building some negative more positive. Um, I'm, I'm a culture person myself. so the fact that this is a borough of culture is quite amazing really considering there's not a lot going around in Croydon. but I still feel that vibe where when you walk down Croydon High Street, you still see people t- chatting and it's not just one culture, it's many cultures. And I find that in places like that but I don't feel like that like I do in Croydon like even today the sun is beaming and yeah. it's just nice that everybody's come out and we're all connecting i feel like this is like the heart and soul of croydon so to see people here today outside singing dancing and people upstairs just chatting eating food drinking it's really amazing and uh, i just love every part of it so it's a joy to work here because i get to be who i am and that's an like absolute goofball <laughs> <laughs>
0: The opening weekend has been a massive celebration of Croydon talent and togetherness. Next, we're going to talk about Commons Festival, Stanley Arts Festival of Dance, a huge collection of performances, workshops and an exhibition. To tell us more, the artistic director and CEO of Stanley Arts, Dan Winder.
2: So, the Commons Dance Festival. It will start on the 15th of May and run all the way through to the 28th of May here at Stanley Arts. And it's gonna be an extraordinary mix of different dance forms and workshops and classes and performances that you can come and watch, come and get involved in and uh, get into the vibe and get into your bodies into dancing. We have an extraordinary range of partners. We've got Academy who focus on South Asian dance. We've got Oceans All Over who are doing a really interesting project with costume and dance and a bit of a party. We've got the fabulous Thick and Tight who are a contemporary, fun, quirky, queer uh, dance duo who are going to be performing and doing some workshops. Um, and we have got our residents, uh, our resident hip hop dance company, which is Bird Gang. Not only are Bird Gang doing a lot of workshops for us, they're also going to bring uh, a big battle, hip hop battle event that you're going to be able to come down and watch. And if you're feeling brave, participate in. And then all of those partners are going to come together in a dance extravaganza on the 20th of uh, May, which will be an amazing evening of different forms of dance. But uh, to go back to uh, Birdgang, here's my friend Simeon.
10: I am Simeon Saie, uh director and creative director of Birdgang. Car, car. Nice. And you're thinking to yourself, for those who don't know the company, what is a Birdgang? Um, Birdgang is a hip-hop theatre company. Uh, we specialise in film, theatre, live events, exhibitions, art. Anything to do with art, dance and hip-hop culture, we're a part of so
2: in particular bird gang are involved in a few things in the festival so in what way are bird gang involved in the festival and what are you specifically doing for the
10: festival cool so on the 20th of May Bird Birdgang will be part of a mixed bill so we'll 20th be 20th of May 20th of May and
2: that is the dance extravaganza if you're looking for it on the website
10: indeed um, so we'll be part of a mixed bill um, that we show in some of the company and as well as some of the eggs now our eggs are almost essentially our youth company um, and we've kind of nurtured them for for over a year now and kind of we want to kind of work on the finer details of what it takes to be a hip-hop dancer. And they, it's a wild experience because we have people who's got a little bit of experience and people who have a lot of experience. So we're really excited to put them on a stage and give them a show and give them some time to to soak in the the, the rewards that all that hard work's kind of aimed for. Um, and me- the, main, and the, the, the,
2: the professionals, what are they going to be doing? Yeah,
10: so our professionals, we have new works. We have bits of new work that we've had in making in the for a little while. And it's about just basically exposing them to a wider audience and seeing where we can go with this work and how it will develop and swap and change.
2: And is that like strong dance content or is there kind of narrative content as well? So I'm not
10: going to answer on that because I want you guys to come down and see the show and oh, then well, you'll uh, see what we do.
2: Okay. But yeah, cute. Cool. Right, but but, but
10: there is more. So on the 24th of May, yes. we have an introduction to hip hop workshop. Now, as a company, we always really think about the, I guess, our reach and how we reach and impact a wider audience, and also how we bring in new voices and new people to it. Hip hop's everyone's. Um, we know where it started off, we know uh, what the roots of it is, but, you know, for the last, I don't know, 15 years, it's been one of the main selling. Uh, industries around the world so for us as hip-hop practitioners we feel like it's our duty to bring in people who might have seen it or you know see little clips on TikTok that are like actually I'll, I want to do this but I've been too nervous too. so we thought we should do something like this so we're very excited to be doing that with you guys.
2: Great and you doing there's also like I've heard rumor of a kind of mashup workshop yeah. with some guys from the Vogue Ballroom scene and some guys from the hip-hop scene and they're coming together to kind of do a kind of mini kind of battle workshop between the two dance forms?
10: Yeah, so one of the biggest things that are exciting for us is always collaborating. Um, Like a lot of street styles, um, it's always about the people. So it's always about the exchange and the communication we have with other different genres. And and we're excited about that. We want that. Like, for us it's all one big community. So the fact that we get to do that is amazing.
2: What's the date for that mashup, do we remember? I'll let, I'll come back to Nina's gonna allow that one up. Come back. Um, so, um, tell me, can you tell me a little bit about, so the biggest event you're gonna be doing, which is like a battle, a hip hop battle, mm-hmm. that's probably the largest single event that's just Bird Gang. Yeah. What is a hip hop battle? If I'm coming to one as a kind of newbie, what can I expect?
10: Yeah, so uh, generally a hip hop battle, it's not always a one on one, but it's about skill set, it's about interpretation, it's about character, it's about the people that normally come down to battle, it's about showing all the hard work and your expression versus another person. So it is an exchange, but the battle element, the, the going against someone element, literally comes from, I guess, where the hip hop, the form of hip hop was rooted in, and we've kind of held on to that, and over the years, uh, just when we thought it was dying down, actually it's got bigger and bigger. And as you know, there's uh, major big battles like around the world, and you know, uh, Red Bull's got a lot to do with that. And it's, they're really pushing the b-boy battles. But as for our battle, the birdcage battle, what, what Cage battle? What we wanted to make different is we wanted to put a switch on the the format of how we battle. So, for instance, we might do free uh, on free, but each time we do a different style. And the next round, if you get through to the next round then we 'll do a different style on top of that, or we might do all right if you get through to the quarterfinals we 're going to give you a prop, so we really wanted to think about how us as a company, Burging and how creative we can be in the things that we 've done in the past, influence the battle that we 're going to do today so For Battle Cage, um, we've got some really cool stuff. I'm not going to say anything just in case anyone's watching and they get a heads up on what we're going to introduce, but we always try to have something that's more than a quirk. It's just something to give the artists a bit more freedom to play around with an obstacle or an object or an idea. Um, But essentially a battle is people going head to head. It could be groups, it could be singles, solos, um, and it's exciting and it's a great vibe. And a battle scene in the UK, especially London, is amazing.
2: And like, if, I, if I'm not a dancer, I can still come and watch.
10: Yeah, and that's one of the things that we encourage. Um, the energy of a room in a battle is something that you can't quite fathom because it's not just like watching a show. You're literally, uh, and we do sometimes provide seats, but literally everyone wants to be on their feet. You, you want to be in it. You want to be involved in it. So we all the time encourage new voices, new people to come in with us and like, be part of the culture. It, it's for you. It's not just for us. Uh, we might be the people that are putting on the show, and these might be the people that's battling, but without the audience, without that buzz, that like, is nothing. So if you're new, you've never been to a battle before, please come and down and share this experience with us.
2: Is there anything else you want to tell us about yeah.
10: stuff that's happening? Well, there's something I want to tell that I should have told you, is that I'm actually doing a workshop on film on the 25th, because I have to look at the phone, on the 25th of May. It's a dance on film workshop, um, and because I spend a lot of my time working out... How to facilitate film within dance, and how to direct like a, a film that we shot here at Stanley Arts uh, called *Flying Home* for the BBC, which has won a bunch of awards. I want to give that back to a new community um, and teach them not just how to put it on some legs and a shoot, but really how to be creative, what they shoot and how they shoot. And when they're capturing dance, because anyone, as you can see, the, the growth of hip uh, TikTok, sorry, and Instagram and everything else. Anyone can shoot on a phone, and it's not about your equipment, but how to shoot, how to get the right angles. Hopefully within this workshop, I'll be able to engage with people and give them kind of my insight. And they can take what they can from it and use it how they will. So I'm really excited about doing that as well.
2: And that might be, there's another project which isn't common, so we're going to mention because we're doing it together.
10: Yes, indeed. We
2: might be doing a little project called Croydon Chronicles, which is yeah, going yeah. to be filming uh, some dance pieces across the next couple of years. You and me making some little yeah, dance films.
10: Yeah, it's going to be absolutely amazing.
2: So maybe we'll pick up some participants off the workshop.
10: There you go. Come
2: to the workshop and you might be part of this bigger project going forward.
10: There we go. Can't say
2: any more than that because it's like super secret but mm. we're, we're... Croydon Chronicles is coming as well. Okay, yeah, yeah. well thanks for coming down to this chat to us, Simeon. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure as always and uh, I will see you at... I'll probably see you here most evenings and days yes. in the like two weeks of May when we're going to be at all these dance events. Of course you Can't will. wait.
0: That concludes our Commons Roundup. Next, we spoke to Rachel Nanyonjo, the director for Recognition, a play by Tallowa Theatre Company exploring Black British heritage within classical music. We asked Rachel about her journey as an artist, how the play came to be, and why should people go and see it? Uh, hello. Hello. I'm Rachel Nanyonjo.
7: Um, I am a choreographer, a director and a movement director. So yeah. those are three different things. Sometimes people get them wrong. Um, and uh, I am currently the director for Recognition, which is uh, talawa's flagship show for This Is Croydon this year. Uh, a story about Samuel Courage Taylor.
2: Thank you for coming to join us here at Stanley Arts. I'm happy to be here. Before we get into the show, which we will, maybe tell me a little bit about your history as an artist. How did you get to where you are today and how did you begin your career in theatre?
7: Oh, gosh, okay. That is a long history, (laughs) but I'll try to summarise it. And I think it's really nice actually um, doing this podcast with you because it's local and um, my journey begins at Brit School. Um, I studied uh, dance at Brit School um, and that was really the place which solidified my love of theatre, my love of dance, my love of music, um, my interest in the process of putting work together for stage. Um, And then uh, when I left Brit School, I went on to train um, at Roehampton um, as a dancer and I graduated from Roehampton and I graduated in the recession, which was very hard. Mm. (laughs) Uh, But also I think that had uh, an influence and an impact as to making me become a theatre maker sooner. So um, when I graduated from Roehampton, um, there were a lot of jobs available. So um, I worked for a few companies um, as a professional dancer, mainly within the contemporary dancing but it was just a lot of the times I was a bit bored in (laughs) rehearsals. I've always been, I always say, I I remember watching um, Janet Jackson music videos and being (laughs) less interested in wanting to be one of her dancers and more interested in who made that up (laughs) and why did they choose to like make it all in black and white and what's going on with the setting. So I've always been that kind of person. Um, And I just had lots and lots of ideas. And um, I suppose in between jobs as a dancer, I would um, go watch shows, um, formulate ideas of things that I wanted to make. I would think about um, what interests me. I love contemporary dance, but sometimes it can be a bit abstract. Mm -hmm. And um, bringing my family to watch some of the performances I I was in, I think the um overall feedback was it was beautiful, but what's the story? Right. And I think for me the things that I really wanted to say was I wanted to um look at stories um that reflected uh the black British experience. Um I also wanted to look at telling real stories.
2: I think we're kinda of naturally moving on to the current project we're here to talk about, which is recognition. Yeah. So
0: mm-hmm.
2: um perhaps you can tell me a bit about where that project came from, what yeah. its birth was and, and your relationship with it and Ooh. whether that started as a, as a form, a soundscape. Obviously music is an important part of it.
7: It did, it started with music. <laughs> and um, so after I worked on um, Bernstein's Mass, the South Bank approached me and asked me to choreograph to um, Samuel's military march. So Samuel um, yes, Taylor? Yes, Samuel Courage Taylor, yeah. Um, they were having an event um, and they wanted me to choreograph something for their ballroom space. So I was like, okay, yeah, sure, that sounds great. Um, send me over the details. Um, I listened to the music, I was like, oh, this is phenomenal. Um, and then I did my research and I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> How do I not know him? Um, he's from Croydon, I'm from Croydon. Mm-hmm. Um, He is a dual heritage man living in Victorian England. What? Um, How is this possible? Um, And then I just, you know, I just started to do more and more research about him. And I just became really fascinated that he lived at this time and he made, he wrote all these great pieces of music and that he, you know, went to that, he was one of the um, attendees at the, Uh, first pan-African conference in Europe and I was like who is this person and what is this life that he's been living and why did I not learn why did I not learn about him at school yeah so I was like okay I think this would be a really interesting story so um, I spoke to my agent about about him and she was like yeah he's phenomenal um you know, do and she was like, "So, what do you think you need to do to tell the story?" And I was like, "Well, I think I need a writer, and I need somebody who's very musical, and somebody who's also equally as passionate about history and culture and blackness." Uh, and so she suggested Amanda, um, uh, and uh, Amanda and I met, and we had a conversation, and she told me about this documentary that was made by Sky Arts, and. It was just fascinating because it just tracked his whole life um, from birth to going to the Royal College of Music, to going to America, to coming back to selling you know, the rights of his most prolific work, Hiawatha. And um, how would this work as a play? So I think with where we were in terms of culture and race, Uh, relations in 2020, we felt like it was very important. We felt like his story could bring a bit of joy. It could bring a bit of healing, but Mm. also um, there's this idea of having to reinvent the wheel. Sometimes um, as each generation comes through, you know, we're not starting from square one. Black people have contributed so much to the landscape, um, have been here. Like it's, you know, we, it wasn't the wind rush. <laughs> Been here for centuries. Yeah. Um, and I think that there's something in recognizing that. So that led us to um, uh, an audio play, because everybody was making audio plays in 2020. Of um, and then um, we we're really fortunate that towards the end of 2020, people were allowed to leave their houses and. <laughs> I brought Cassie, uh, Cassie Kenoshi on board, who's a brilliant composer, um, has her own band, Seed Ensemble, um, Mercury Music Prize nominated, she's, she's brilliant. Yeah. Um, and uh, she and Tom Foskett Barnes, who are all in the team still now, yeah. um, essentially created a wonderful sound world for our audio play. And we were able to get live musicians um, to record bits and pieces. Yeah of his work. So the audio play was really the first thing Mm. and it led us to where we are now, which is a live version. (laughs) Yeah.
2: And if I, um, as an audience member, do I need to know a lot about classical music to come or is it it only for the classical aficionado? No,
7: no. I mean, and I think that's exactly why we wanted to tell this story because um, the play comments a lot on the classism and on the form and regulation
2: yeah.
7: of classical music, how you're expected to be in a theater, who is expo- who is supposed to be in a theater, when we clap. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think um, we've really taken all of those ideas and we've really uh, deconstructed them and played with them. Mm. And no, you don't need to know anything at all about classical music because the plays about music, period. Yeah. Um, so you're gonna hear some of Samuel's music, yes, but you're also gonna hear things that Cassie's composed. Mm. And you're also gonna just um, be immersed um, by Jasmine, who's our set designer. I, I kept on saying to her when she was making our set, how can you know? how can people see music? Mm. How can they feel music? how do i want them to feel and i think that's the thing that is really important in this is like how how do we want to make the audience feel and making them feel something i mean gosh you go to theater sometimes and you're just like i spent 2 hours of my life and i feel nothing <laughs> 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 so
2: so what do you want what do you want the what, what's that journey that the audience you want the audience to come on with you
7: i think i want the audience to go on a journey of intrigue mm-hmm. um, and curiosity. I want them to go on a journey of discovery. So where they're like, wow, who is this? Who is, you know, who is she? What's happening? I think there are moments in the play which the audience are probably going to question themselves. Mm-hmm whether that makes them feel good or not, that's, you know, mm-hmm. that's their business. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of accountability, a lot of scenes that, um, you know, have that hold up a mirror to oneself. Yeah. So, and how you feel in those moments is up to you, but, you know, we're posing the question. Um And then, you know, there's joy. Um I, I I I I want the um, audience to enjoy themselves. Like you know, that we make theatre. I make theatre, um, and I like to be part of theatre that um, brings joy. Yeah, yeah.
2: At the end of the day, you're throwing a party. I think. Yes,
7: yeah. there is that. There's definitely that. There is that thing of you know, like a welcoming. We've we've designed the space specifically to make it feel um, intimate. Yeah. So the audience should feel as if they're a part of our um, play. Yeah, that's nice.
2: That's nice. Um, I don't know how much you know about London Borough of Culture and the year that is coming up, but how do you feel? How do you feel about your piece being part of a broader kind of year-long celebration and exploration of culture in Croydon? And how do you feel as a Croydonite yourself oh. about having? Croydon celebrated as London's Borough of culture.
7: I mean, I'm really happy because whenever I tell my colleagues I'm from Croydon, they're like, where? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> they're like, where is
7: that? I need a passport to get there. Yeah. And I'm always really annoyed by that. Yeah. Um, and so I'm hoping that this is going to be something that, um, you know, excites people, uh you know, the, the whole year, not just mm-hmm. um, my piece. But um, I think that it's great that we are celebrating um, the things that Croydon has to offer. I think it's great that we are creating artistic spaces for the local community because not everybody can afford to go into town.
6: Mm.
7: It's very expensive. And I think that there is art that we could make here. Um, I'm really happy that our show is being shown here because... Um, Samuel lived in Croydon, yeah. and um and I think that um he has contributed a lot to the landscape, so I think that y- you know if i was a if I was in high school or if I was in primary school and I got to go and see this play, um I would feel really good about you know the borough that I live in um because it's it's saying you don't need to go far away in order to realize you know the I don't know the brilliance that is already here
2: absolutely yeah it's always nice to ask the question why why should an audience audience member buy a ticket and come and see the show mm. let's get to the brass tacks um should buy a
7: ticket because it is um a brilliant story Amanda is a phenomenal writer we have we have a play with live music I mean how often do you get that not often not often. And um, it's an important story. Yeah. Um, and uh, if you if you love movement, if you love history, if you uh, love music, um, yeah, it's it's going to be a great night nice out. Um, so I think that you know, and and it's important, and not just sometimes um, people in theatre will say it's an important show. Um, But actually, Samuel's story has never been told on stage.
0: So it's a first. Yeah.
7: So come and be a part of the first.
0: (laughs) We hope you enjoyed that interview. The full-length interview will be released later this month. Please check that out and please make sure to get down to Talawa Studios in June. Tickets are already on sale. Now, our podcast is offering more than just covering the biggest events. We will be producing bonus interviews with local organisations and artists talking about how This Is Croydon has impacted them. Here's Pablo to tell us more.
4: Join me, Pablo Colella, for bonus episodes of the This Is Croydon podcast,
2: where we explore the grassroots impact of London Borough of Culture. I'm chatting to local organisations to showcase how they're working to build deeper relationships in their respective communities and how this year is providing new and exciting opportunities for anyone to become active in arts and culture. Over the next month, we'll be speaking to queer multidisciplinary artist Bold Mellon, the Reverend Canon Dr. Andrew Bishop from Croydon Minster, Norwood Junk Action and Sleep Pod, and Satnam Simkera from the Seek Heritage Project.
0: Thanks for listening to the Stanley Arts This Is Croydon podcast. If you want to hear more about anything that's been mentioned in this podcast, check out the episode description for more. We've put links to everything on there. Please keep your eyes and ears peeled for bonus interviews and other content, as well as the next episode of our main series, which will be out in June. For all of your Borough of Culture updates, do check out Culture Croydon, on all major social media platforms.